0: Welcome to the BPL Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Laser, and I'm here with a very special guest, Garen Pernia. Garen just finished her program here at the library. Um, She did great author talk and book signing. So we're just going to do a short podcast and talk about um, her new book and and music and just a lot of fun things. So thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Yeah, no problem. It's my first podcast. so We'll see how this goes. Awesome. (laughs) First one. Nice.
0: Um, So... Garen is a writer, journalist, and filmmaker who has written for numerous major publications. And she is the author of Rebels and Underdogs, the Story of Ohio Rock and Roll, a new book about the Ohio rock scene. Um, so you cover a lot of popular bands in your book, um, you know, the Black Keys, Devo, yeah. Nine Inch Nails. Um, is there like maybe one interesting anecdote or story that like, pops in your head um, from your book or from your interviews?
1: Like I mentioned in my talk about, I interviewed Richard Patrick of Filter, Nine Inch Nails, and he just cursed up a blue streak. Like, every other word was F this, F that, and I kind of <laughs> had to, like, edit it out a little bit, like, remove some of the F words and and things like that. Um, also, like, I talked to Jerry Casale of Devo, and initially I was like, there's no way Devo's going to talk to me, and I, I almost didn't even reach out to them, and... Then I sort of like, well, because there's already a book out about Devo, um, called We Are Devo, and it's pretty extensive. But um, I just went through like their their publicist, and then uh, like like an hour later, Jerry is emailing me. He's like, all right, here's my number. Give me a call, we'll talk. And I'm like, that was like the easiest interview I've ever set up, and I, I almost didn't even do it. So there are a lot of those sort of instances of just like, just just go for it.
0: That's really cool that, you know, like you, you sort of build up a situation like that in your head, and you're like, "Oh, there's no yeah. way it's gonna happen," and then boom.
1: I think a lot of people sort of think like, "There's no way like this person's gonna talk to me or work with me," but like you just don't know. Like you're not really, you know, losing anything by taking that chance, and you just never know. And and that I sort of approached the book with that as well. Like I just, okay, we'll see what see what we get back. We'll see what happens. So
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, So I noticed, so I was kind of, you know, I was looking at your website and, um, you know, some of the people you've interviewed and there's some really big names. Yeah. Um, You know, a couple that stopped me were like St. Vincent. Yeah. Or Will Butler from Arcade Fire. Yeah. Um, So like when you prepare for these interviews, I'm curious, like, how do you prepare for them? And do you ever get like starstruck or...
1: Yeah, you know it's tough like the bigger names because they've been interviewed so much, and like you don't want to like be asking the same questions. So you have to like just dig a little deeper in the research, or just come up with like better anecdotes. And I do get a little starstruck. I actually um, interviewed St. Vincent in person. At, she was at the Sundance Film Festival, and I was there too, like covering the film. But they also have like this music part, and like she was doing um, a live performance. And uh, this is sort of, like, before, like, she had, like, you know, the, the bleach blonde, like, fro or whatever. Like, before she even became, like, more famous. And so, you know, it was awesome to meet her. And I think she's even a little hungover. And she told me she was at like, the High West uh, the Distillery the night before and that kind of thing. And But, yeah, it's just, like, like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to come across as, like, an idiot. So, like, what do you ask her? So that was a little intimidating and... And then, uh, like sometimes you also don't get much time to talk to people. Like I did an interview with Regina Spector once, and I had like, like you have ten minutes on the phone with her, and she's like on a train to like Switzerland or something, and that's like so nerve wracking because you're like, okay, I got to get all my questions in in those ten minutes and get her to answer it, and hopefully she doesn't ramble on. So those are sort of the worst. My favorite types of interview when you. Where well, there is no time limit, you can just, like, sit there and talk for a while. And that's what sort of, like, writing my book was like. It was just, like, we're just going to talk for a while.
0: Yeah, I, could, I would imagine you get some of your best material that way. Yeah. It probably comes up more organically.
1: Yeah, yeah. And instead of, like, having, like, a publicist on the other line and restricting, like, what you can say and that sort of deal. So, and I didn't really even have that much, like. There were some publicists and managers that set up these interviews, but there was no like time constraint. It was more like, "Hey, let's just like talk or let's just meet somewhere and talk," you know. Yeah. And it is more like a laid-backness, I think, that you don't get if you're writing like for like an article for like a, a publication. So
0: Right, yeah, you have deadlines to meet and yeah. specific things to cover and
1: Yeah, yeah, so it's a little different.
0: Yeah. So you write a lot about live concerts and live music as well. Yeah. Um, any memorable concerts like maybe recently or even not recently just concerts that you always think back and like that was one of the best experiences yeah
1: or? i mean um probably one one that stands out when i saw the replacement um they played riot fest in chicago in 2014 and that was like their first show in the u.s in like 22 years and like i kind of like had a cursory knowledge of them just because like their songs are in movies and like uh, and then I kind of just went back and listened to their whole discography, and I just, this band's so good. And you can tell, like, they've influenced so many other rock bands, but, like, they weren't as well-known. And I know, and there's a couple books out about them now, but and I was just so excited just to see them. And it was, like, a big show for them, and to hear them play, like, Can't Hardly Wait, and, like, all, all their hits. And, and, like, those are the best shows that I actually get excited for, because I've seen so many, and... Especially having to go like for work and review them, then you're kind of like, Ugh, okay, another show. What am I gonna say about this? But that's one that sort of I saw another one. Okay, I saw Prince. So he he came to Louisville and played like the Louisville Theater was, like for six thousand people. He was doing like these like a couple of really small shows and. Um, I was writing about it for Esquire and so I got, you know, a nice front row, comped seats. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and like I'd never seen him before and he was amazing and then like a year later he died and it's like, it's one of those moments where like I'm glad I got to see him before he died and because I think you sort of think about that a lot of like, like older bands like mm-hmm. I gotta see them before they die but like no one knew he was gonna die so that's one thing I'm grateful for. and. And then we were just talking about Radiohead, and, like, mm-hmm. every time I see them, it's just... They sort of reinvent reinvent what, like, a live show is, because it is, like, an experience, you know? It, you're going to get something really great out of it. It's going to be memorable. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for their upcoming shows. Yeah. Um, I've never seen them before, so... Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're... I mean, a band like that especially, one, you never know when they're going to hang it up, because they've already... They have nothing left to prove. Yeah, There's um, so you know, still making great music, obviously, but and also it's so hard to see them on a headlining tour because they play so many festivals because they're so big. Yeah, so we're really looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, and like, they're just one of those bands that still like like really puts on like a like a spectacle and a light show and and things like that without being pretentious or you know mm-hmm. it's just it's just Radiohead and
0: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um, yeah I their their material's so consistent too it's not like you know sometimes I find myself I'm debating on whether or not to go to a show for for a band or act that i 've never seen um but I haven't been as into their recent output yeah so you have to have that you know debate in your head like well they're probably going to play a lot of their most recent album or recent two albums that i didn't like, but also i've never seen this band I love their early stuff whereas with radiohead you to me that it's all so consistent that like you don't have to worry about that yeah
1: you're not like seeing radio for like their hits for like you, you know they're not gonna play creep or things like that so you're not expecting yeah. it <laughs> which is a okay <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's like a lot of shows you go and they play their hits and it's very predictable but like someone like radiohead like you don't know what their set list is it could like they change it up all the time mm-hmm. and so it's like you're you're investing in their whole discography and not like just the new album or something like that. So
0: yeah, definitely. Do you have any favorite music venues in Ohio, or maybe just period?
1: I really like um, the Woodward Theater in Cincinnati. That's fairly new. Um, it's like a good place for live show. Um, and then across the street is Motor, and that's a, like a smaller version of that. And they have do like free shows. Like they're always free unless there's like a festival. And I think that's Woodward is not free, but the the motor is, and I think that's great. That you can just go in this little intimate space and see bands. Um, I like the old Southgate House in Kentucky before, like they lost their their building, and now they're in this other building I don't like as much. And plus, they allow like smoking. Um, I liked the what's it LC Pavilion? I guess it's called Express Live. Oh, right. I yes, saw yes. Postal Service there. That was like a really nice show and setting um
0: yeah was it the outdoor version yeah the it was indoor? the outdoor yeah that's nice yeah for
1: sure. um and like chicago like the Empty bottle the classic place or or lincoln hall or i guess i like smaller venues is what i'm saying for sure yeah not, yeah not necessarily even dive bars but just like you go to these like big amphitheaters and there's something really lost i think in seeing yeah. these these bands so yeah
0: yeah since you're from you know the cincinnati area. Have you been to Bogart's?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. What do you think of Bogart's? I mean, I don't go there as much as I used to because they don't have as many, like, the rock shows I like, but I know that that place obviously has so much history, and Mm -hmm. everyone, I think, who worked there in the 90s has some sort of... Like, my hairdresser the other day was telling me, like, I worked there when I was 18 in the 90s. I wasn't really old enough to work, so they made me sell popcorn, and she's (laughs) telling me all the Beastie Boys played there, and then Someone like punched K.D. Lang managers in the face or something like like I think Prince even played there back in the day. So, like yeah, there's so much history. Um, I didn't really get to spend much time at Sudsy Malone's, which I guess was across the street from Bowbridge until I think 2008. It was actually literally a laundromat (laughs) that had like (laughs) like a music venue. So bands would play in a laundromat, and so I, I sort of missed out on that, but. Um, I guess I like the It's okay.
0: Yeah, I just, it's honestly one of the, f- the few Cincinnati venues I've been to since, you know, I mostly go to shows around here in Columbus. Um, and they seem to have a lot of metal shows. Yeah, and, and like
1: and Emu and like power pop, like stuff I'm not really into seeing. Gotcha. But um, <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, there will be someone good. I think I saw, like, last show I saw was the Kills played there. Okay. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. And then Two thousand four, I saw The Strokes play and um, the Walkmen open for them, and that was like one of like my, my first sort of big concerts, just to see like that double bill. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But nice. Yeah, yeah, I was
0: I was down at Bogarts in, was it April May um, to see Minus the Bear. That was a fun show. Oh yeah. Um, they always put on a good show. It yeah. was uh, like a ten year uh, anniversary show for one of their albums, and like. I don't know maybe you have some thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. I have this conflicted feeling about bands that do anniversary yeah. tours because on one hand it's they're usually for really great albums, and then I get to like relive younger days and all that. but I also wonder how how the band you know, how they really feel about doing an anniversary tour when they're still putting out new material yeah like if it's kind of a bummer that they have to rehash old stuff because <laughs> like, people don't care about they're the new just stuff doing it for
1: the cash grab or um,
0: exactly yeah
1: i guess it depends like i think what annoys me more is maybe like bands that reunite because of the money or like they like they haven't been played together in 10 years and then like hey let's get together and go on these tours or but or like the bands like who obviously play the, their whole album in, in its entirety or things like that, and like I know the National they played Homecoming Fest in and Cincinnati, they played uh, one of their albums in its entirety.
0: Oh right, yeah. Yeah.
1: And I guess that's cool to see, but I also could think like I could stay at home and listen to it as well. <laughs> right. But then of course, you know, they play other songs too, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really have like maybe that much nostalgia to like to kinda go to those types of shows. But
0: Yeah. Yeah, I kinda got that feeling from the latest Smashing Pumpkins tour yeah like reuniting or mostly reuniting yeah, it's like Darcy I guess, right, right? <laughs> yeah and plus it's just like so hard to be a fan of their music these days because of billy corgan and yeah the things that he says
1: <laughs> yeah i've seen i've seen um like the newer versions of smashing pumpkins and i mean they're, it's good but yeah it's not like what it was and billy corgan's kind of a jerk right so um yeah. <laughs> i want to go out and support it, i don't know <laughs> right
0: yeah exactly well we're running a bit short of time um again i want to thank aaron for being a guest on the podcast and talking music
1: thanks for um, having me <laughs> yeah
0: absolutely and Thanks for the, the program and the author talk. Um, so again, be sure to check out Garen's new book, Rebels and Underdogs, The Story of Ohio Rock and Roll. Um, that's out now. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, have a good evening.